Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. Sports Weekend. We are live at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house. And we'll be joined a little bit later on by one of our handicapper extraordinaires, Marco D'Angelo from Wager Talk. Of course, uh, he will join us coming up next hour. And then uh, Moreland Greenwood, the former linebacker, had a uh, nice eight-year NFL career, and he is the NFL Director of Alumni Relations here the Las Vegas chapter. He will join us here today, so a lot to talk about on this busy, busy football slash basketball slash boxing Friday here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No better place to be, of course, to start your weekend than the Cosmopolitan and, of course, the sportsbook powered by William Hill. All right, uh, Numchuck back in the studio. The G-Man <laughs> making it happen here. And, of course, Double B in the house sporting not the singular, not the double, not the triple, but the quadruple big blue. I feel like we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Yes, you should feel like it. Uh, a big big night for uh, the Michigan Wolverines. And uh, last night was fantastic to see all the Michigan hockey jerseys <laughs> and Michigan gear at T-Mobile. Uh, for those Red Wings fans that uh, came out of the, the cold in Ann Arbor and uh, came out and uh, got a little bit of... Uh, uh, a come upper against uh, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights last night. It was a, it was a, a fun time in the in the fortress. Yes, we'll uh, dive into that here in, in a few minutes. But uh, a lot of red and white in that building last night, and I was thinking, okay, what's it going to sound like when the Red Wings score that first goal, especially if uh, if they get ahead? And we really never never heard it. Never heard much of them last night. We we heard them uh, one time. And, uh, and that was it when the gold, when they cut the lead to two to one. But a lot of red and white, but not real vocal. I don't know well, if I, well, if I was buying those tickets from uh, from Detroit. I'd, I'd want a refund. So you got to keep your eyes on it. There was a lot of red, but there was a lot of people wearing Vegas Golden Knights retro red jerseys. Is that what I saw? They, they got to realize that when you're playing a red team, you don't wear that jersey. Yeah. You don't real that, wear that jersey. So mm-hmm. I looked around and I was talking to my friend that was there, and he goes, "Yeah, you're right." He goes, "There's." there's the majority of these are, are Vegas Golden Knight guys. Hmm. So there was a few Red Wing fans, but it was nowhere near as full if you took a good look at the jersey. Okay, there you go. Look at that. All right. Yeah, and uh, I saw, I don't want to say sparse crowd because it definitely was not a sparse crowd, but there were some empties uh, last night as well, too. And here's my theory on that is when you put together, have a six-game homestand, I think that, you know, for some fans, you know, not like you, because you're the diehard. You're going to go no matter what. But for a lot of the fans, they, they may not be attending, especially around the holiday time here, you know, those games every other, uh, every other night, that sort of thing. A six-game homestand of hockey is a long homestand. Yeah, it's a chore to get to all those games. They're yeah. late at night. Uh, but it was, uh, I'd say there's probably 17,000 people there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, most of the sparse is between where those, uh, in the middle of the ice, mm-hmm. which is more of the kind of the corporate seats and whatnot. Right. So, exactly. Uh, between both of them, if you look up the, you know, those guys in the upper seats, you know, they're the real fans. Yeah. 
Especially uh, the 225. That's pretty full. Yeah, the 225 was mocked. Yeah. <laughs> Going wild last There's night. no empty season in the 225. No, no. That's not what I'm talking about because, yes. you know, I'm above you. I'm a ro- directly yeah, you look above down. you. Sometimes yeah. my, my head shines. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got yeah. to look away Exactly. Luckily, you're just slightly to my right. Yeah. Okay. But I got an eye on you. Every, every, every time, I got an eye on you. But. You're right. I'm looking down below, and I'm saying, and a lot of us in the media were saying that last night. You know, it's there's a lot of empties here. But again, it's it's that certain section. It's the corporate. It's the guys that are selling their tickets. And you know, speaking of which, of the tickets going on the secondary market, you could have went to last night's game and sat in the lower bowl for like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, I mean. And again, I don't know if it's because of. Well, I'll tell you, it's it's a lot of things. It's the, it's the the time of year. It's right. early in the season, and it's the product that's on the ice. It's not the same guys. It's a bunch of right. young guys on the ice, and uh, they're trying their best. They actually came together really nice last night. But it's not the the Pacioretties and the Marchessos and the Carlsons, uh, and and you also have uh, you know Martinez out and Theodore out. Uh, Tuck's been gone, and of course now he's officially gone, and and even Nolan Patrick. There's just a lot of guys who don't you don't even know who they are uh there was a time on the ice i looked around and two straight lines of people two straight lines of vegas golden knights were not on the team last year two right. straight and so that's interesting when keegan colasar is on your top line right. uh that's not the team that you're going to see later on in the year this is a great year for the vegas golden knights tc mm-hmm. uh there couldn't be a better year for the olympics to happen to for them to get healthy it gives them three weeks to get things right and uh, you don't have to if this team can continue doing what they're doing which are 10 and 7 they're right in the hunt you don't need to hurry back William Carlson you don't need to hurry back Pacioretty let those bones heal on their feet and be ready to go so uh, I'm really encouraged by the team and these guys are getting fantastic experience against the best so big game for the Golden Knights last night they went 5-1 after uh, as I 5-2, 5-2, to two, yeah. Uh, very uneventful first period, yes. as, as I said. I'm going, oh, what's what's going on with this? And again, it was, I think that's the first time, Brian, in a long time, or maybe the first time I can remember, that, I mean, it, it's, it seemed like a preseason game just from a crowd perspective because nothing happened at all in that first period. You know, a couple, you know, uh, you know good saves, I guess, by, by Leonard. But for the most part, there was nothing happening in that first period. All of a sudden, the second period comes. Here we go. Boom, 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 boom. Golden Knights score four goals in that second period, and uh, it was 4-1 going into the third. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Robin Leonard was fantastic last yes, night. He, he let in that goal at the end, but, you know, so be it. But, yeah. uh, you know, that well, game was that, out of reach. That's why I said 5-1. Uh, I forgot it, about that one. Yeah, I was it, on my it, way out the door. Uh, the first period was very, very choppy for the Vegas Golden Knights. I didn't see the stats, but I'd say the zone possession was probably, you know, 15 minutes to 5. It was all Red Wings, uh, and uh, they didn't get a lot of huge quality looks, but the ones they got, Robin Leonard turned aside. And then they came out in the second period and just blitzkrieged them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they moved the puck great, and uh, White Cloud in his first game back gets two goals, and he was fantastic on defense all night. Uh, just a joy to watch over there. So uh, nice to see three goals from the defense. It was, it was a really, really good uh, effort by the boys. And, uh, you know, for this team... If you would have said, oh, these are the nine guys that are going to be out and by this time uh, going into this game, how are you going to do? And you're 10-7, and seven, anybody would take it. So uh, good job by DeBoer, good job by the team, good job by the leadership in there, and by you know the goalie tandem of Broussois and, uh, of course, Robin Leonard. Yeah, and like you said, uh, White Cloud with two goals last night, coming up uh, big, just you know, coming off the injured list. Uh, Nick Haig gets the first goal you mm-hmm. know, last night. And, and again, yeah, not the household names. I mean, Riley Smith scored in the third. Yeah, what a beautiful goal. Yeah, fantastic goal. Yeah. So, yeah, Golden Knights, uh, they get that victory, especially coming off the loss to Carolina two nights earlier, which I think caught maybe some people by surprise. But then again, like you said, you're going to have these uneven nights when you have these youngsters out here. Not just the youngsters, like you said, just the unfamiliarity that these guys have. Uh, you know, you know, you know, with each other. I mean, too, too many, uh, you know, you know, injured Golden Knights right now. People are not familiar with Carolina because they don't see them very often out here. They are the best team in the NHL right now. And They're the best team. Isn't that crazy to say? They're the best yeah. team, and they they move the puck with unbelievable precision and uh, really had us on our heels the entire way. They played as good as they could to tie that game at two. Uh, I mean, Leonard gives up four goals, and he's still the third star of the night that night. Uh, It was all Hurricanes, uh, and our guys were kind of chasing them around. So... uh, uh, that was a you know from from a pure hockey perspective a pleasure to watch a team that can move it and you, our guys again are a bunch of rookies out there uh, there were three guys on the ice that that had their first goal the week before so uh, in the NHL history and uh, you know it, it it was good to see them compete uh, even though they were not quite as obviously talented as that as the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. 
Golden Knights victorious last night, five to two. Uh, they play again tomorrow night. Yes, You've got the uh, Golden Knights uh, you know, <clears throat> playing, and then I believe Monday as well too, right? It, no, n- not, not here. Not, not, not Monday, here. Monday they go on the road. Yeah, yeah. So go, this, is, on the road. this is the end of the six-game homestand coming up, uh, you know, tomorrow night. So yeah, they, it'd be nice to see them go five and one in this homestand. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, you get to see Line A for the first time uh, as a Blue Jacket, right? Um, which will be uh, good, and it's a new coach there. Uh, I have to go familiar with the Blue Jackets because. Uh, you know, they lost Dubois for line A, and I'm not really sh- sure how they're doing this year. Uh, I don't follow them all that closely over there, but I will uh, look at it and have some good information for you tomorrow. You can't like anybody from Columbus, though. Come on, you're wearing big blue today. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Uh, yeah, Columbus <laughs> are the enemy all weekend. Absolutely, so, uh, exactly. And through next week. All right, uh, busy sports weekend, of course, here in Las Vegas. We've got uh, UNLV football tonight. They close out their home season at Allegiant Stadium against San Diego State. Of course, San Diego State, uh, you know, having another strong season in the Mountain West Conference, so big game for them. UNLV is an 11-point underdog, and UNLV, uh, first time we've said this, Brian, they're on a two-game winning streak, and they can actually... You know, uh, you know, try to get another victory here tonight. It's going to be tough. Uh, it's probably going to be a grinded-out type of game. Probably not one of your typical Mountain West games, uh, you know, where you see games, you know, in the 40s or the 50s or something like that. Uh, the total, very low tonight, only 41, and that's because San Diego State has one of the best defenses, uh, not only in Mountain West, but really in the country as well, too. It'll be interesting to see how UNLV comes out and plays tonight because for the first time, Again, they have a lot. They're playing with a lot of confidence, uh, and uh, this will be a big test for Marcus Arroyo's team to see. Okay, last couple weeks, maybe you know, winning against lesser opponents. Now you're getting a, a strong test against a good San Diego State defense. The key point that you said there is they're winning. Mm-hmm. They're winning games. Uh, earlier in the season, uh, the UNLV running Rebels were competitive in the first half of a lot of games and couldn't finish or really were not competitive in the second half. Uh, and so they've learned how to actually finish games. And it's nice to see uh, uh, the running Rebels put a couple wins together, first two wins in two seasons. And so, uh, you know, I think they're going to be competitive tonight. I think, it'll, like you said, it'll probably be a grinded-out game. I don't think there'll be a ton of scoring. But I think they'll be in that game the whole way. I think that 11 points looks a lot rather rich for a Rebel team that's uh, on a winning streak. Look at, rather inviting. Here, double V getting on the Rebel band. Wagon. No, no, no. That's just a come on. Now. I understand. And uh, so, but the one thing I know, he will not be uh, on the Rebel bandwagon uh, an hour or so later over at T-Mobile Arena because tonight uh, we got the uh, Roman Classic Basketball Classic. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, Big Blue, Michigan. Jawan Howard, who just signed a, a five-year contract extension as head coach of the Wolverines, the former Wolverine himself, part of the Fab Five. Uh, the Wolverines in town tonight at T-Mobile Arena taking on UNLV. That is the second game of the doubleheader. The first one's going to be a pretty good one, too. You've got uh, the Arizona Wildcats out of the Pac-12 uh, taking on the Wichita State Shockers. Uh, Wichita State, great basketball tradition. Uh, been down a little bit. I just say a little bit the last couple seasons. But still, this is a perennial NCAA tournament team uh, year in and year out. So uh, that's the first game at 7 o'clock at T-Mobile. Arizona-Wichita State followed by the nightcap tonight with uh, Michigan and U. UNLV and the Rebels, they're 3-0. Happy for my friend Kevin Kevin Kruger is doing a fantastic job. And they got a, a victory over Pac-12 team uh, Cal uh, there last Saturday as well, too. So 3-0 for the Rebels. And Michigan, believe it or not, we thought it'd be a battle of the undefeateds. They lost to Seton Hall at, at Chrysler Arena a couple nights ago. Yeah, Michigan, they've struggled out of the gate. I watched them against Buffalo, and it took them to the final two minutes to put that game away and ended up winning by 12. They didn't cover, of course. The spread was 13. But then the uh, against Seton Hall, they had a nice little lead. They're having trouble scoring. They're having trouble scoring in the second half. Uh, I think that game was 57-56 or 55-56, something, something real low scoring. Uh, but they let the uh, the team get back into it. Uh, um, Seton Hall. Seton Hall, yeah. And Seton Hall's a tough, gritty team out of the East, but no, they're not going to scare anybody. So I think you're going to see an angry bunch of Wolverines here tonight ready to get back on and show that they can actually perform at the, at the highest level. Then what a great thing for T-Mobile. Right, I mean, what a, what a tournament! You get you get Arizona, who travels really, really well. Their basketball program and their alumni and their fans. Uh, Wichita State, who's always a decent team. Right. You said they might be down a little bit, but heck, they were like a uh, an elite eight team a few years yeah. ago. Uh, then you get Michigan, the, the 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 king out of the Big Ten, who got to the great eight last year. Right. And of course, the hometown team that's three and zero. So right. this is a nice little tournament that they got put on. And uh, uh, I don't know if they did it around the Red Wings being in town, but it made these <laughs> guys from Michigan get out of the cold and come yeah. here. So that's 
a great thing. Yeah, and Wichita State's undefeated too. They're three and zero with a good start, but, but a, a very strong you know basketball program. So looking forward to that. Not only that, but then you, you come back here and you've got the Maui Invitational. Yes, uh, that's taking place at the Mandalay Bay as well too, and that uh, will start on Monday. The, a great field there. You got Wisconsin playing Texas A and M uh, early morning uh, on Monday. Uh, Houston, Kelvin Sampson's team. Uh, watch out for them. I got a feeling we are going to be talking a lot about the Houston Cougars coming up this year too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in, in a very strong field in the Maui Invitational, which is kind of strange because uh, at least they're getting closer back to Hawaii, Brian. Because remember last year <laughs> they were they were played at Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, I didn't know. I don't yeah, remember that. Yeah, That's yeah. funny. So the Maui Invitational, they had to basically postpone, or you know, they didn't want to postpone altogether. So they moved it out of Hawaii because of COVID concerns last year. So they played it in in Asheville, Asheville North Carolina. And the same thing happened. They said, "Well, you know, we don't want the uh, to have you know the tourism really to come back and, and to host these tournaments with all these college teams. Let's be careful. So let's 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 table it again. You know, to have it back on the the uh, island of Maui this year. Let's play Las Vegas. So Perfect. Kudos. At least they're coming back to the west here. They're coming back they're, to they're the west. They're coming closer to Hawaii. Look, and 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 Manly Bay went and got that. That's yes. great for them. They got a championship fight here this weekend. Oh. So that's great for them. And then Tuesday." I mean, stick around till Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Right? I mean, you've got a rematch of that phenomenal, legendary game from the Final Four last year in the semis mm-hmm. where uh, Gonzaga won in overtime on a banked-in three, and they get to play UCLA again, and UCLA is right. on fire, and Gonzaga's number one. You can get number one versus number two. It's gonna That is just going to be lights yeah. out come Tuesday. Yeah. So not only just a busy, great sports weekend here, but... It will uh, carry itself over all the way till next week, yeah. until Thanksgiving on Thursday. So looking forward to that. And again, if you're a, a hoops fan, uh, this is fantastic because you, basically you have you have four major events, you know, coming here uh, in Las Vegas. And then remember, you know, coming up in December, the week before Christmas, you're going to have North Carolina, Kentucky, UCLA, and Ohio State here again for the CBS Sports yes. Classic. And, uh, yeah, so plenty of great basketball. And the Orleans has a tournament. And the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, will be here. Perfect. Because, because so they're, they're, the, Dons they're, they're, the Dons are playing on Thanksgiving Day. Well, Las Vegas <laughs> has gr- grown up with the arenas. The two new arenas, yeah. I'm going to see the stadium with the Legion Stadium yeah. and the uh, uh, T-Mobile. Yeah. Uh, we can now have world-class events here. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, the promoters of those places are doing it. Yeah. And they're bringing the best of, of everything here. Yeah. So it's an exciting time to be in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the toast next week. He's very excited to come in for the game. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just a really, really uh, a great atmosphere to see and to see fans in the stands again cheering on their teams. Uh, I couldn't be happier. All right. So one of the most exciting events uh, coming uh, this weekend is tomorrow night, and it is the fight. And it definitely has fight of the year potential. And, you know, we definitely, Brian, we would be talking about this fight with Terrence Crawford and Showtime Sean Porter for, mm-hmm. the, for Crawford's WBO Welterweight Championship. We would definitely say, it's going to be fight of the year, but it's going to be hard to top fight of the year because we just had Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. What a fight. What a fight. That was featured five knockdowns in that fight, and then Fury ends up knocking out Wilder uh, after he went down twice. Yes. So that, I think, you know, we'll, we'll say that's fight of the year, but this the Crawford-Porter bout definitely has everything to for a fight fan here. It is going to be a fantastic fight, and our good friend, you know, Showtime Sean Porter, uh, when he gets in uh, the ring, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get that that bulldog mentality, but he's also uh, a, a precise, high IQ fighter as well, too. He's been wanting this fight. He talked to us about it. You know, when, when he's been here, before this fight was even signed, he said, I want this fight against Ter- Terrence Crawford. And then when it was signed, he was saying, hey, you know, I, I finally got it. And got to remember, he told the story. He's the one that really pushed the buttons for this fight. You know, reaching out to Terrence and say, hey, let's get this fight done. Let's do it. They're longtime friends. And then, like you said, Crawford went silent on him. And Sean got taken to the back by that a little bit, saying, hey, you know, what, what, what's going on here? And, uh, of course, with the politics of boxing, the, the best fights do not always get made. And that's a big narrative of this fight. Crawford with uh, Bob Arum in top rank. Uh, has not been able to fight the top-tier welterweights because they're all under that PBC umbrella with Al Heyman, which Sean Porter is part of. Uh, and again, Sean's got a chance to fight, you know, Keith Thurman, and you know he fought, uh, you know, Earl Spence Jr. and narrow losses and that. Then you know he beats Ugas, who is now the champion, who retired Manny Pacquiao. So a lot of intrigue here. But the biggest narrative is that Showtime Sean Porter has been in with the best. He's beaten the best. He's a two-time welterweight champion. He has two narrow losses to 
Spence and to Thurman against Crawford, who you can make the case maybe best pound-for-pound fighter in the world next to Canelo. Yeah, the welterweight division is loaded, Mm. and it's great to see, and it probably won't top the activity of a heavyweight championship yeah. with all that action. But it's going to be a great fight. And you know you're going to get the best out of Sean. Uh, he's a friend of the, of the Cosmopolitan. He's a friend of the show. Uh, he's a friend of the Cleveland Browns. And uh, <laughs> I'm excited for him. Uh, I think he's a live, live, live dog here. Um, he's not going to uh, do anything but give his number one effort. He's in great shape. And uh, this is, this is a, a career mover for him. Yep. He either moves up or he, he gets silenced by this, and he knows Correct. that. Uh, so I think he's going to put on a show. Uh, he's done great jobs on his uh, TV telecast. So he's getting to be a household name across the, across the country and across the world. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think he's like 6-1. to one. I think you can get plus 600 on, on Sean Porter. Yes, you can. Freaking go to the window, TC. That's pretty good. Uh, you got you got two good fighters in there, and you're going to give me six to one. I mean, I, I, I love Sean, and I know that, that Crawford's a great fighter, but, man, I, I really like that number. It is literally. Okay, for those that follow boxing, okay, and those of us that, that, that know these two fighters exceptionally well, this is virtually a pick'em type of fight. It should be. But with the bookmakers, they don't necessarily follow boxing that closely, and they look at the undefeated record of Terrence Crawford, and they look who Sean Porter uh, you know, has fought, but he's got losses. But, again, you've got to look at the full body of work and what he's done in these fights, and then Styles, of course, make fights as well. Terrence Crawford is a guy that has relatively been inactive uh, for a lot, and he has not been in with anyone anyone with the caliber of Sean Porter, especially at welterweight. Yeah. He fought Victor Postal, okay fighter. He's fought some guys, you know, at lighter weight, uh, you know, years ago. But, again, he has been kind of uh, hamstrung with uh, who he's been able to fight. And, uh, you know, we know how much Sean has wanted this fight, how diligently he trains, what a clean lifestyle that, that he lives here. And the bottom line is this. This fight could go either way. I'm going to tell you right now, Brian, that – Sean Porter will be ahead on the scorecards probably through five or six rounds because Port, uh, Crawford is a slow starter. He is. And these guys know each other. They've been longtime friends for 20-plus years. They've sparred together. Uh, they know which buttons they can push. This will be a lot of close rounds in this fight. Uh, you've got three uh, comp- uh, competent judges uh, in this fight. So we will see how this thing plays out. But, uh, of course... Live dog, Showtime Sean Porter. It's insane to think that you're getting this kind. You didn't get this kind of value with him against Earl Spence, and he nearly won that fight. If he stands up in round 10, he probably wins that fight. That was razor thin, and he was only like plus $3 in, in, in that fight. And now you're fighting Crawford at plus $6, and Sean has all the experience. And like you said, I'm going to just add to this about his television thing. Sean self-admittedly said, I'm a better fighter because I've been doing all of these broadcasts. He's the only guy in professional boxing that is fighting at a high level for world championships. And then while he's training and everything, he's working these Showtime fights, you know, for PBC on Fox and everything and commentating. And he's a fantastic analyst. Yeah, I'm excited for Sean and the opportunity. And again, six to one doesn't make any sense. I actually thought because I hadn't, I wouldn't, I hadn't even looked at the number yeah. until about ten minutes before the show, and I'm like, <laughs> I think maybe it's three to one, and that's pretty good value. That's and where I, it should be. And yeah. my eyes popped out of my head. I'm yes. like, because I was thinking maybe I get three hundred, maybe it's probably two eighty, but I thought I get right. three hundred. Right. Which it wow. should. Yeah. Which it should. I was like, be. wow, that's that's something. I mean, they, I think they're over. Selling the the undefeated Crawford, who's yeah. a great fighter, but I yeah, just think it's is, a, yeah. a great spot for yeah. Sean Porter. So yeah, I'll be cheering for him, and I'll have my dollars on him as well. Absolutely, and I'll give you another thing yeah. to, to look at your dollars. Probably the best wager on the board for this fight is you still got to lay a little bit of juice. Is the over ten and a half rounds? Yeah. This has distance written all over it. Uh, not that either guy cannot. Uh, you know, knock the other guy out because they could, and they both have a very good power. But because it's going to be a tactical fight, because they know each other, both of these guys are in supreme condition. I can't think of another fight where you've got two guys that are just 
phenomenal at, 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 at physical fitness and taking care of their bodies. These guys don't go down. Well, and they got they, heart. They got heart. They got they big got heart. time heart. And they got skill. They got heart. And yeah. I, I'd be shocked to see if there was even a knockdown in the fight. Exactly. Yeah. So this thing, I, I believe you got to lay 250 for over 10 and a half rounds. Well, that's per, that's right up your alley, laying yeah. 250. That, that, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> because, again, this, this fight is going to go to the scorecards. And Crawford may win a decision. He may, you know. May win this fight, but it would not surprise me if if Sean won this fight as well too. So I think definitely a live dog there, as well as uh, looking at at over ten and a half rounds. That's almost a given. There will not be a a quick knockdown in this fight. Uh, these guys are going to share the ring. They're going to share some great moments, and uh, they will deliver some heavy leather to each other. But they're both very very tactical, and tactical does not mean boring. That means tactical is they know when they can get in, when they can get out, and again, uh, two very good body punchers as well too. Yeah, and and you made a great point that Crawford's been inactive. With him being inactive, um, it gives it gives you the ability to maybe win and steal four, maybe five rounds. Right. And uh, that's a big deal. Right. All right, so we're looking forward to that. So Mandalay Bay, uh, this fight sold out in three weeks, okay? And uh, they couldn't have this at T-Mobile Arena because of the college basketball uh, tournaments that are going. MGM, same thing. Uh, they, they're packed. So, uh, you know, Bob Arum... Uh, I went over to uh, Mandalay Bay, and what's interesting about the Mandalay Bay is, you know, Bob Arum was part of the, the crew that actually helped design this arena because remember all the great fights that have been in this building in the past. I mean, one of the greatest, and we talk about it all the time, with, uh, you know, Diego Corrales and Jose Luis Castillo. That yeah. was there. It's uh, a good venue for it's, boxing. It's it a really great is. venue. There's not it's a bad not, seat. It's not a great venue for a concert, but it's a great venue for boxing. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, or I saw a comedian there one time, and it was just completely out of order. I don't know. You know, if you've been in there since they, they remodeled, they spent $10 million on, on a renovation You're, when the Aces came to oh, town. those guys, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. I'm trying to get you out to the game. But anyway, great venue. Not a bad seat. Uh, the fight sold out in about three and a half weeks. So looking forward to it. So if you can't go to the fight, uh, check it out on ESPN Plus and pay-per-view. Uh, it is there for you. And our good friend uh, Timothy Bradley, Andre Ward, they'll be uh, with Joe Tessitore, will be on the call. And if you go to our website and you want to hear the interview we had earlier in the week with uh, Tim Bradley, fantastic. And uh, Tim talked about the story where he actually mentored um, Terrence Crawford. Really? And Terrence Crawford was, was one of Bradley's sparring partners. And it was Tim Bradley that said, this guy's going to be a future champion. And he goes, he's never been in a sparring with anyone that hits as hard as Terrence Crawford. And this was 2011. Wow. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. So, so some good insight there. <laughs> so if you want to check out uh, that interview. We also had Al Bernstein on yesterday. We talked about the fight. So as you know, you know, been covering the fight uh, uh, big time. So go check out. All of that coverage of the website. And, again, tomorrow night, uh, if you're going to be watching it or you're there, you're fortunate enough, it's going to be great. And uh, you can follow me. I will be giving you round-by-round updates like we always do at the uh, World Championship Fights uh, from Mandalay Bay tomorrow. So you can follow me on Twitter at that, at TCMartin21. All right, when we come back, we'll start talking uh, some football, the college football, the NFL. Moreland Greenwood scheduled to join us as well. Marco D'Angelo next hour. It is a fabulous football, basketball, boxing Friday here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. This is Showtime Sean Porter. You know I'm tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. Well, we got the skating going on here at the Cosmopolitan. Not the roller skating variety, which we're hearing right now. Uh, with Vaughn Mason and crew, uh, Rock Skate Roll Bounce, one of your all-time favorites uh, b- back in L.A. you got to love that song. But uh, the ice skates, that's it. We need an ice skate song and see Double B on the skates at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas up on the fourth floor. It is that time of year again as uh, the ice rink gets uh, unveiled. Uh, everyone loves the ice rink at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. We kicked it off this week. Uh, um with a, a co-star event on Monday. Tuesday, we open up to the public. It's open from 4 to 11 every day on the weekends. On Saturday and Sunday, it's open from 12 to uh, 11. Uh, a wonderful setup up there. You're skating above the strip. You got the snow. You got the s'mores. You got the, the hotty toddies working. We got a new thing called the chalet. You'll like that. It's a community uh, uh, setup uh, where you got a, a community fire circle, more places for people to yeah. sit and relax when they're not out there skating. Uh, it's a wonderful environment, fan fan favorite mm. and a community favorite. It's our 11th year doing it. Actually, our 10th year doing it here. It's my seventh year hosting it, by the right, way. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Hosting the kickoff. And you there. do throw out the first skate. I do. Usually. I throw out the first skate. We have Benny the Ice Skating Dog out there. He's great. <laughs> 
a uh, beautiful rescue dog out of Utah, and he skates all over the place. He did some tricks, uh, which was nice, and he'll be back on December 8th. Uh, we have a VGK night on December 28th. Uh, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing for the community. Every Tuesday, I'm sorry, every Monday and Tuesday, we show a, a, fi- a family-friendly movie mm-hmm. on the marquee at 7 p.m. And people enjoy their hot cocoa and their kids mm-hmm. skate around. And, uh, you know, you watch uh, a, a, a lot of fun stuff. And you get a chance to actually to pick out the movie uh, w- once in a while, don't you? <laughs> don't you? Now, you, know, you if, if, you're, if Double B is picking out a movie this year, a family-friendly, what's, what's it going to be uh, you on, know, on I, the big marquee fa- out there? If we're family-friendly, friendly, I'll go with Christmas Vacation. <laughs> or I'll go with Scrooge. There you go. I like Scrooge with Bill Murray because I'm a big Bill Murray I fan. I thought he was going to go Home Alone. I really thought he was going to go Home Alone's that. a good one. Yeah, yeah. It is a good one. Gremlins is another good one yeah. that's a sleeper in there. You know, you go non-family friendly, you got the trading places of the world. you oh, got the bad yeah. Santas Matt, of the world. Matt, you got, you got some stuff that's really kind of edgy, but I think that Clearly. we won't do that. Does it have one. to be a Christmas movie, though? Can it well, just... it's, a, it's a holiday movie. Yeah. It's, it's a time why of season. Why can't we do... Why can't we Tis do, the season. Why can't we do Hoosiers? They play basketball, you know, in the, on the holidays. It's November, December. There is not a time that's gone by that I haven't found Hoosiers on the TV that I haven't watched the rest of it. That's why I said that. My wife would come in. She'd be like, what are you doing? How can many times can you watch that? I go, hey, listen, I'm not sure if they're going to win this game. I mean, they're playing these, these, the big team from Indianapolis. So, uh, Absolutely. And it's a wonderful movie. Great, a, great about the little kids that did it. And it's a true story. South Bend High School. You know, and they, there yeah. it is. Um, not, not, not actually in the movie. I mean, in the movie, they played South, South Bend. South Bend Bears. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty Bears, they're, they're, right, they're, right? Blue and white, exactly. Yeah. Jimmy Chitwood was pretty good. He, I, don't think he missed, I think he missed one shot the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. On, on the dirt there. Yes, yeah, on the dirt. That's yeah. right, shooting the, uh, yeah. and the flat ball in the dirt with the, exactly. bent, with, with the bent rim Holy uh, out in the park. Absolutely, you yeah. gotta love that. All right, that remember the Titans. I don't know. I mean, those are two two of the classic. Uh, remember the Titans, a magnificent movie. Yeah. Uh, really, uh, 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 that was in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, there 1971. You go. Absolutely, uh, look at this. Uh, where 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 they take over yeah. and they integrate the. Uh, the high school there. Yeah. What a what an unbelievable movie and a great performance by Denzel. See, you, you put. Uh, uh, I, I so that is an all time favorite. Miracle's See? a great one. There's you love the one. you love the, the stories about the underdogs, but yeah. uh, uh, you know that was that was a real true story about the kid that got paralyzed and all that stuff. And if you read about it, it was really it was not all that Disneyized and, on that one. And that's why I love those three movies that we're talking about because they're all true stories. Yeah. You know, Miracle. Remember the Titans. Uh, Hoosiers. You yeah. know, Based on true stories. You gotta love that. And again. So yeah, if if uh, you know if I was in charge on the committee, I, I'm, I'm throwing you know probably those you know, on a in a sports theme. Like, come on, let's go. That's it. It's it's you yeah, know, ice that, rink. Let's that's go. Good, that's Hot good. toddies. I'm, throw not, it on there. I'm not sure how many of our five and six year olds are going to be that interested, but it's <laughs> uh, you know it's they are great movies. They are great movies. And there's some blue over there. We see them over there. Go blue. Oh, there you go. All right, there it is. And I got to say, uh, one of the most enjoyable times of the year. Uh, for me personally, is going up to that ice rink because it is so much fun. Uh, again, especially when you get a kind of a little crisp, cool night there. You're by the ice. You're by the, the hot fire there. Yeah. The fire pit is outstanding. Hot chocolate, uh, I'm telling you, to die for. Yeah. Uh, the best hot chocolate, outstanding. With the marshmallows, you do a fantastic job with that. And, again, the food options that are there. But just it's a night where you can just kick back, chill, relax, go with friends, family, uh, the ambience. It's fantastic, Brian. It is fantastic. It is, is must-see for people, even if you don't ice skate. Because I'm not an ice skater. And uh, you he, certainly are not. And I don't. And so I don't need <laughs> I don't need to go stand in line and, and, and give me a pair of skates, give me a, a size 13s. I don't need to do that. I'll just park it right by the fire pit, bring the food in the ambience. I'm enjoying it. It is. It is. It's, it, it is really a great thing. Uh, we even did it last year in the thick of COVID. We did it safely yeah. for our for our family, and it's a it's a wonderful thing we do to the, for the community here. And uh, uh, the kids get out of school, and once they get out of school in mid December, we open it up at noon every day. And uh, special things if people want to go, go to our website. A uh, great New Year's Eve there. It's a lot of fun. So. Uh, you know, open bar for those people who like to, to mm-hmm. have a good time. Right. And then uh, ice skating and, of course, the fireworks that are out there and music and all kinds of fun. Right. The ice rink of the Cosmopolitan, but on the fourth floor. And, uh, you know, make your reservations now. Like Brian said, go to the website, CosmopolitanLasVegas.com, and, and check it out because it uh, you do, it does fill up as well, too. So, you know, oh, yes. re- reservations Absolutely. are definitely advised. We, we only have 13 of the, the fire pits that you spoke of. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, you want to get on there, Go again, go to uh, ice rink at cosmopolitanlasvegas.com and book yourself one or, or, or call our, our team uh, at Cabana and Leisure Sales. They, they do a really good job, and uh, they go in a hurry. There you go. All right, my friend, uh, college football weekend. We've got some games. 
I will tell you, you know, our best bets are coming up next hour, so make sure you hang tight for that, of course. We give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. Uh, next hour, Trevor Maddich will be joining us uh, via phone. And then, uh, of course, uh, Marco D'Angelo will be joining us, one of our resident handicappers as well, too. Brian, when I was looking at the college board this weekend, I struggled. I'll be honest oh, with God. you. Oh, God, yes. I struggled. Uh, it, for me to find three that I felt really comfortable about, uh, th- there are some matchups here. And, you know, the dogs have been barking loudly, especially in the NFL the, the past couple weeks. We had nine, uh, nine of the 14 games dogs covered 7-1 outright uh, in the NFL last week. It was eight the week before. I'm going to go on uh, say right now, especially from the NFL perspective, and I think so from a college perspective too, this is going to be a favorites weekend. I, I see a lot of favorites, and there's a lot of small favorites, especially on the NFL side, that I think can get home here. But let's spend some time here in this segment talking about the college side. Now, okay. uh, we got the college football rankings, of course, that came out on Tuesday, and now you know we're getting to the nitty-gritty, only a couple weeks left of the regular season, and then we've got conference championship games and the, and the bowl games, and here we go, right? So we've got Georgia at number one, Alabama at number two, Oregon number three, and Ohio State at number four. And, of course, there's that Oregon-Ohio State debate because the eye test kind of tells you Ohio State's the better team, but Oregon got the victory early on back in week two against the Buckeyes, so no one's going to argue about that. you still got the Michigan-Michigan State uh, debate there. But that's all going to get settled this weekend, all right? Let me ask you right now, and we'll, we'll talk about these games individually, but just from a rankings perspective, when you look at Oregon at number three, does your eye tell you that this team is the third best team in the country? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, they're not strong on uh, on either side of the ball, to be totally honest. They have a pretty good uh, defensive front. They've kind of uh, got through the big or the Pac-12 at this point. They're, you know, and, and, and I circled the game earlier. I didn't play it, but uh, it, it's awful hard not to like that Utah side, the way they run the ball at home. Uh, they, they've played a little down the last couple of weeks. Uh, really struggled, I think, last week against um, Arizona. Uh, ended up winning by 10, but that game was, I think, a two-point game or a three-point game late in the game. Uh, but it might have been a look ahead to this Oregon game. Uh, I think you're going to get a real strong effort over there, and I think you won't even have Oregon in the in the conversation for it once they lose in Salt Lake City this weekend. Ooh, you saying the deck's going down, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the spread is the number three team in the country is, is getting three points. I mean, that's that's a little odd. Uh, but I think the eye test shows you that Utah can run the ball. They're very, very, very physical at home. And uh, Oregon still looks to me to be a finesse team. And uh, I think that uh, Oregon very easily could have lost to UCLA. I mean, and even against Wazoo last week, that game was tight for a little while. They ended up pulling away and winning by 14. So, um yeah, the, the eye test says that Oregon does not belong in the uh, championship discussion. All right. And so this actually could be the first of two games against Utah because these teams will probably play each other in the Pac-12 championship game here in a couple weeks as well, too. Yes. And, which would be uh, uh, rather unusual. But we've seen this happen before, especially in, in the Pac-12. But, yeah, uh, we'll get to this uh yeah, they you just know, moved it, the start time of that. You see that 5 o'clock on December 3rd, Friday. They did. 5 right. o'clock start time. That's good. I get to bed earlier. There you go. I like that. And, and this game actually is in Salt Lake, but it's at 4.30. So yes. that's good, too. It's not one of these 7.30 games, oh, which I appreciate. Right. And we're getting a lot of those on Saturday night yep. as well, too. All right. Still got Cincinnati, number five, on the outside looking in. I know people are thinking that Cincinnati should be in, in, in the top four again. I'm one of these guys that says, you still got to prove it to me. You just can't have these narrow wins against Tulsa and Navy and Tulane in a Again, the conference uh, you know that you're playing and those opponents, you got SMU this week, okay? And I, I understand Cincinnati's probably going to be a popular pick here because they're laying, uh, you know, you know, 11 points, you know, in this game. But SMU can play. This will tell us something a little bit more about uh, Cincinnati and how they handle this game against SMU. But really, no one is on the docket here that I feel that can propel this team into the top four. Uh, I don't really care for the Cincinnati team. Yeah. Uh, they're they're narrowly winning games. They did win in South Bend, but that is that enough? Is that enough to get you? Is that enough to get you into the elite? I I don't really think so. Um, but you know what? If they're if they're undefeated and Oregon goes down, they're next man up. Mm-hmm. So uh, this game, I kind of wish it was at SMU. I think SMU could give them a real tussle down there. But uh, I think Cincinnati will have too much for them in this game. All right. So when you look at number four, Ohio State. 
playing number seven, Michigan State, you'd think, okay, wow, this is going to be a battle here. And then you start peeling it back here, and you look at the point spread at 19. I know a lot of people are saying, wow, there's got to be a lot of value there with Michigan State. Not really. Oh, no, there's not. <laughs> uh, I, circled, uh, I circled Ohio State, uh, and then I found a game I liked better than it. Uh, so they would probably be my fifth pick. Uh, Ohio State is just destroying teams. Uh, Michigan State's been very, very fortunate. They beat Michigan uh, after falling behind. Uh, they did not look good against a few games. They got totally exposed against Purdue. Um, I, 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 there, there's only one side if you're a gambler, and that's to take Ohio State. Unless Ohio State's looking ahead, but how do you look past the n- number seven team in the country? No, you can't. I don't think you can. There's so. no looking past when you are battling for a college football playoff birth yes. you know, so there, there, is, there is no looking back here but I know again a lot of people are going to read into that well what would Michigan State did they, they, they beat Michigan okay but they were down 16 points you know late in that game and they had to rally to come back and and let's be honest Michigan does not have the same offense that Ohio State has and there was a tough no call at the end of the game yeah. on, on a pass interference that should have been but you know you can't complain about that Michigan should have put them away and they didn't uh, Michigan State got got the better of them at the end and uh, I just don't see them being competitive in this game I think it's over at halftime now I'll go well, I'll play devil's advocate just for the sake of uh, you know entertainment here <coughs> and you know, Ohio State has had some defensive struggles, especially oh, big-time defensive struggles early on the season. And a lot of people say, "Well, no, that, that defense is is really kind of you know, sort itself out." I I don't think so. I still don't think this is a very good defensive team. And you go back to the last few weeks with Ohio State, Pur- Purdue moved the ball for had to be four or five hundred yards. They in did, that game. and people are looking at that the score. Q, the QB looked fantastic. They're, lo- they're looking at a score at fifty-nine thirty-one, where Ohio State wins in Columbus, and they say, "Okay, see, they blew them out." That Nebraska game. That was a contest all the way into the fourth quarter. They only beat Nebraska by nine points, 26 to 17. And then you go to the the home game prior to that for Ohio State in Columbus, hosting Penn State, which really has has no running game whatsoever. They beat them 33 to 24. So when you really look at this Ohio State team, I'm not seeing juggernaut. And I understand, you know, people want to talk about, you know, the wide receivers. And yeah, I'm, still not, I'm still not sold on, on the quarterback. I mean, yeah, they're scoring 59 against Purdue. They scored 54 against Indiana. They scored 66 against Maryland. They scored 52 against Rutgers. But, again, uh, they have not faced any upper-tier teams at this point in time right now. And uh, I, I, I think it's a big number. I could see them covering this number just because Michigan State is bad defensively, but uh, I, I will tell I, you I this. I want no part of this game. Michigan State needs to score 40 to cover this number. You think so? Yes, because Ohio State, their big play potential, their wide receivers are out of control good. Stroud has gotten very good. Those guys are four. You watch the game. They're four or five yards open, three or four of them every play. It's like watching Gorman play McQueen yesterday. They're just open. I mean, it just happens. So, uh, and then they mix in the running game, so they get to a lead, and there's just, there's just, to me, I, there's unless they grind it out, they would use that running back uh, Walker, and he runs and runs and runs and right. runs, and you keep that offense off the field, and that's going to be the recipe that I see that maybe Michigan can give them a win the following week, but uh, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I think I think Ohio State's big plays. They'll probably have five to six plays of over thirty yards in this game, mm. and. Before you know it, it's going to be out of control. Yeah. Michigan State, okay at the quarterback position. You know, Walker, fantastic running back. He can churn it up, and he may be able to get some yards against that Ohio State defense. But I think, you know, the, the big thing is people are looking at the Michigan State defense, specifically their secondary, not being able to hold Ohio State down. But then when you look at Stroud, I mean, do you get wooed by him? I mean, again, I'm going back to what he's, they, what he's they did fr- against Penn he, State and Nebraska. He's a freshman, and he's, he's, he's gotten better. He's, I, he's, I, I, I do like him. Okay. I do like him. And, again, he doesn't overthrow a lot of guys. You know, he, 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 he'll, he'll rather underthrow because they're so open. Right. And so they'll make it. I mean, don't, don't, you don't have to score a touchdown on it. But, heck, 40, 50 yards, pretty good pickup. All right. I mentioned Nebraska. They're playing Wisconsin. This Nebraska team, they have played well enough to win in just about every game. They've been in one-score games every game this season. And now they're playing this Wisconsin team who seems like they've now gotten it right. Uh, but still, uh, this, is, uh, this line is 9.5. Uh, you got an opinion on this game? Yeah, I do. It's one of my best bets. Okay, so we'll leave. It's we'll, one of my best we'll, bets. We'll leave that for it. that. But you, you know, when you look at at Nebraska, they shoot themselves in the foot just week after week, and that mainly because of Adrian Martinez. And when you line these two teams up, I mean, you can arguably say that 
Nebraska has just as much talent as Wisconsin, but they just make mistakes, and they're in every one of these games, and it looks like, okay, this is going to be the week. I mean, this team is going to end up with three wins probably the entire season. Scott Frost is going to be able to keep his job because they've said, okay, you're coming back. But in the middle of the season, they have gotten rid of his coordinators, and they brought in analytical type of people for coaches. I mean, it is a mess there, and you just wonder, okay, is this going to be the week where maybe Nebraska says, you know what, we're, we're, we, we, we've tried every week, we mailed it in, we're going to go into to Madison and get blown out, or does does this game stay close? So we'll, we'll get your opinion next hour, you know, yeah. with that, but uh, it's a, it's an intriguing game again, but one that I can't make a, make a call for, and i got to stay away. There's a lot of intriguing games where the other teams played their their rival the week before, mm-hmm. and now there's a letdown, or there's games where they're playing the rival the next week. Right. So this week, there's a lot of really weird matchups. I circled a couple of games. Like, how does Miami of Florida come out of that game? Right. When they got to now play at home, and they're laying eight against Virginia Tech. Right. To me, that looks a good spot for Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. How does... Uh, Florida State's had a terrible year, but they beat the rival. Now they got to go and play BC. BC's going to be up for that game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, there's just some really interesting games when you look at it on the docket. Uh, Minnesota, they're up and down. Indiana's up and down. There's just a lot. Of, Clemson, suddenly favored over the, 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 the beast, Wake Forest. Okay. You know, can they, are, are, is Clemson back or can they play? Or is Wake Forest going to go in there and, play and, and, and give them a game? It's just, it's really, it's a nice week of games because it's really intriguing matchups. Yeah. Hard to pick. I know. Really hard to pick. I know. We've seen this a lot with Clemson during the course of the year. It's like, oh, Clemson's only laying three, four, or seven, yeah. something like that. And there's another situation. They are at home. Uh, and they're only laying four, you know, to Wake Forest. And Wake Forest coming off that shootout. Well, they're in shootouts every week, right? Yeah. Whether it's North Carolina two weeks ago or last week, they got the 45-42 victory over NC State. Mm-hmm. And NC State was a team that I looked at very closely this week as well, too. I kind of wanted to pull the trigger with them because, you know, despite them giving up 45 points last week, NC State's calling card is their defense. Now, how does NC State come up? Because they had, what, I think, won three or four in a row prior mm-hmm. to that Wake Forest game. How do they respond? You know, so in your line of thinking, there, there's a, there's another game, another the, team. Another one, and, and one I want to put, and I don't know if you picked this, this Texas-West Virginia game. <laughs> Texas is coming off of arguably the worst loss of the season. Could be one of their worst losses in the history. They lose of to this Kansas. Program. They lose to Kansas, yeah. and they're supposed to be growing. Yeah. Do they mail it in? Having to now play at West Virginia—that's not going to be pleasant. That's a hard environment. Let me tell you this. I don't know. I this. I mean, to me, how in the world can you play Texas? I mean, West Virginia is not a great football team, but Texas looked like garbage last I, week. I looked at that game, and I, I wanted to make a case for playing Mountie. I yeah. really did. I said, that, two and a half, three, give me Mountie on this one. I took a, a closer deep dive, and all you have to do is look back at what West Virginia last week, what they did. Yeah. They got drilled 49-3. to three. Yeah. 49 to 3. Yeah, I've been on Mountie, you know, earlier on in the season. I'm not going back on Mountie. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't touch this game. But there are a lot of these games where, again, especially now with conference championships pretty much being decided where these teams are out of it. I mean, are they going to mail it in now? And and that's the thing, especially with, you know, the transfer portal, the way it is nowadays, in both football and basketball. It's it's different. Yeah, you have very. a much different approach. Even though you have, you know, 60 college bowl games and, you know, you, you win six, you're going to get in. And some of these teams are hovering on four and five wins. But, you know, I just don't see the motivation with a lot of these teams now, especially from a player's perspective with some of these kids that are thinking like, you know what, I've I got beat up enough this year. I'm not really excited about going to the Boca Raton Bowl, you know? Yeah. I might see Marco D'Angelo there, you know, in, you know, in a bikini or something and, and with a Mai Tai. That might be good enough, but... Are you crazy? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you look at, some, like I said, we were sticking in the Big 12, Iowa State, Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Baylor, K-State. Mm-hmm. These are great matchups. I couldn't make anything out of the games when I handicapped them. We need Marco on. He'll tell us all about it. He'll yeah. tell us who to pick on those yeah. games. Yeah, he will. A- absolutely. And uh, I actually may be uh, you know, going against one of Marco's uh, uh, themes. You know, He loves the, the Dream Crusher game. I-, I love his terminology, too. Dream Crusher. His Dream Crusher game. And there's one of these ones that I was looking at this week. I'm going, oh, wait a minute. That fits into Marco's Dream Crusher game. I, I-, I don't know. You know. So I still got some time to, to debate that one here. Before we Tre- give Trevor, Trevor likes the soul crusher. The, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> soul crusher. That's pretty big. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, bury, bury their soul, right? Yeah, bury their soul. Yeah, I was he did. He did. I was thinking I was on the opposite side, and they went like 50 to nothing. Exactly. Buffalo that weekend. Yeah. Uh, there you go, my friend. All right. Um, 
a couple other games. Uh, this is weird, okay? And I know you mm-hmm. feel the exact same way that I do, and I know it's going to be in your best bets, but we won't talk about the result. But what the heck are USC and UCLA playing at this point in time right now? This needs to be the last game of the year. I mean, give me a break. Same it's, thing with Cal, Cal Stanford, the big game, uh, Battle of the Axe. What, what are we doing playing this game in the middle of November? Come they, on, they, Double B. They've done this, like, I don't know, five out of the last six years. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, how do you get up to play Cal the following week if you UCLA? Every, this is the biggest game in UCLA in four years. since, Or maybe the LSU. But yeah. this, is, this is UCLA has everything to lose here. Yeah. They're, they're going in full pour. They had a yeah. huge, huge bonfire, which I'm sure you saw. Uh, on the internet there, and, and big rally, and they you know, eight clap, and the basketball team's hot, and the football team needs to beat SC this week, Maybe. and they need this game. And, and, and SC, I don't know how much they really need it, to be totally honest. That's true. They got a new coach coming in, and right. a whole new program. Right. I think they just want to be done with the season. Yeah. But then you got to get up for the next week and play somebody. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get it. I think that they, that they should have had. Mix something up, and UCLA, USC should play over Thanksgiving, as should Stanford and Cal. Absolutely, and Florida State and Miami. I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. Well, actually, Florida plays Florida State, so right. that's another right. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that bonfire compared to anything of the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas on the fourth floor for the uh, at the ice rink, though. It was pretty impressive. It was pretty <laughs> impressive. You know, the, the new AD there, Martin Jarmond, is doing a phenomenal job, and he's rallying the kids and getting the alumni back. I'm sure you saw that Villanova game, the excitement in the oh, game, Pauly. Outstanding. outstanding. It was, it was, it was yeah. alive. They came from 10 points back. Uh, you know, Walton was all giddy the next game announcing it. I'm sure you stayed up to watch him play uh, Long Beach State and then uh, the drill, North Florida. The drill press. North Florida came. Ospreys. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, it was it, it was really nice to see. And so uh, I, I think they're doing a fantastic job at UCLA in the uh, athletic department. Is there a poly visit in your basketball future in the next few months? <clears throat> I hope so. Yeah, me too. Me I hope too. so. I'd like to get the back renovation to of the poly too. Right? Yeah, well, they, they've done a great job there. I've been there yeah. since the renovation yeah, a few times. But yeah. uh, I'd like to get out there I, i'm not sure between my raiders commitment and my knights commitment and my radio commitment here with you and uh <laughs> it's tough getting out to getting out to the uh, uh michigan game we'll yeah. see i'd like to maybe yeah. get to a game in february yeah. though well you know to be fair we do give you a pass you know to, to miss on fridays as long as you go to the bookstore and bring something back for us yeah That's well good. you know what next yeah. friday there it is next there friday i'll be in ann arbor but i'm good i'm good because we went through this for right. people who didn't listen i had to send tc I don't know, 11 different pictures of merchandise at, at Michigan's store. That's there. Right. And, tell, and tell the story because, it, it, uh, and this falls into our, our tailgate party yeah. at, at the Raiders game on Sunday. <laughs> and, and Double B asked me, he goes, hey, would you like to come, you know, sit with us, uh, you know, the Michigan UNLV game at T-Mobile today? Yes. And, but there was one prerequisite. Go ahead and tell people what the prerequisite was. Prerequisite, you got to wear blue. He says, you got to wear, wear blue. And he goes, well, you know, I have blue. I said, well, of course I know you have blue because I spent an hour in there <laughs> looking at stuff for you. Exactly. <laughs> and you did a fine job, my friend. I did. You look good. Well, you look you. good. You Looking look good. good. So there you go. All right. So don't tell my UNLV uh, family, okay, that uh, I'm wearing blue against UNLV tonight. That's right. Go yeah. blue. All right. Got to keep that hush hush. All right. When we come back, we start handicapping the college side, the NFL side. Best bets coming your way as well, too. Trevor Match will be joining us via the phone. Our 15-time Emmy Award winner, the former NFL pro and the former national champ at BYU. And more importantly, the 15-time Emmy Award winner for his work on ESPN College Football. And Marco D'Angelo is in the house. We start breaking it down. College football, the NFL, right here on a football-slash-basketball-slash-boxing Friday right here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. 